Yeah, boy. Oh, look at you, so fancy. I know. I don't know. I'm We're getting fancy now. I am fancy. We're going to drink out of gold cups <laughs> next episode. Are we? <laughs> I think now that I said <laughs> it, we have to live up to it. Uh, we should get goblets. We should gold get goblets. goblets? Yeah. Welcome to the Golden Craft Cast. That's You're why. here with your hosts, Manny Ruiz. And I'm Sergio. Yeah, it's happening tonight, <laughs> Saturday night. Um, So... I live near a pretty famous vinyl place. Here we go. <laughs> across the street. And they're having a show tonight. They're going to have a music show. They're going to have some live bands and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tonight's episode is, is also music about episode. music yes. and live bands and bands. front women in it, rock bands. In rock. In rock and roll. And suck. So this is a part of our uh, half-ass, I guess, way to celebrate Women's Month. I mean, it's been a long month. Yeah. Um, I kind of took a little break. I went out to Joshua Tree with some friends, and I got some cool beers out there. I'm gonna share with you guys today. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Without further ado, you know, thank you also to Jonah mm-hmm. for that episode for holding it down. I've yet to listen to it, but I loved, you know, what Sergio had to say about it. And, uh, you know, it was an awakening experience, I think. Oh, uh, the way I said it, it, that's not how I would, I would describe it, but yeah. it, 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 we got something out of it. Really cool. It, that's what it's about, <laughs> man. Um, so I got some crazy stories and I got some even crazier stories. And then I got some crazy stories, but... You know, talking about front women, front lead women in bands, bands. going on with the co- with the context of today's podcast and music as well, is um, we're going to be covering two different female rock leads and more, and um, <laughs> more just also appreciating you know some some different and maybe some um, what are those called that we do, well uh, the, um. Damn it. I always forget this. Yeah, you always do. And then I'm like, wait, wait. You're always supposed to be the guy. The honorable mentions. The honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah, we should have a button for that. Yeah, so we're going to do that (laughs) and, uh, you know, share some different beers with you. I want to do, like, samples of each today. Yeah. Because I I have a lot of different ones, and one of them is a temper center. So I feel like if we drink (laughs) all of that, we're going to get trashed. So (laughs) let's just do a half of those. Do you have enough cups? Uh, yeah, I got some. You got a little. Go- I got some. Go- not gold. They're not gold, but they're yeah. definitely goblets or it's, it's something. Tulip glasses. Tulip glasses. Yeah. Do you want to set that up right now? <laughs> yeah, and why don't you uh, introduce? Who you're going to talk about research. Yeah. So, I mean, we're here to talk about front women in rock. Um, I guess the main reason I, I just wanted to talk about this is because, uh, especially the women that in our in our that are in rock they definitely say like yeah i mean it's a male-led uh industry and of course there's a lot of guys and stuff but i mean the few women that are there makes the band pretty unique not just because of their gender but because of their personality the energy they bring on stage 
it just really like uh, affects everyone in the band of course and i mean that's the reason why they're called front women they're out there in the front they're on the front lines being badasses and uh, i think most of them do their songwriting if anything as a uh, front person should do if anything but i mean i'm really excited to talk about this and so i'm excited to see what we learn about uh the different women that we're going to talk about today and who are you talking about uh i'm going to be talking about amy lee Amy Lee from Evanescence. Evanescence. Yeah. Essence. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, with before anything, you know how we do it. Yep. We're going to start it off with a little tasty. I already snapped it open. Damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is okay. that the Iron Giant in the back? It looks kind of like it. Yeah. It kind of does look like it. No. You know what that looks like? The slightly stupid robot. Does it? Yeah, from the album. <laughs> I think it does, but I could be wrong. Um, this is the induction series, Bottle Logic Brewing, Anaheim, California. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Also Shout has out to the context with the, the person that I'm going to be talking about. Jeju. And Lagarithm American Dark Lager? Hmm. Logarithm. Like algorithm, but logarithm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> logarithm. These have been sitting um, here for a while. Here, he, they've been sitting here for a while. We're finally being able to snap it open. Really dope artwork. I want to just zoom into the camera uh, so you guys can look at this dope artwork. It's really sick. Um, those that are listening to the podcast, you could also watch it live on our IG, by the way. So check this out. Yes. Watch it. What color is it? It's a really... Oh, it's so shiny. Some copper. It's like metallic. Yeah, it's metallic. And it has like a... Uh, oh, shit. It's really good graphics for that. All around. Yeah. I mean, I always like the graphics for um, any bottle logic beer. They always have like the most interesting things. And whatnot. But I'm just waiting for this to be pulled. Can have I have some, some more, Moa? Oh, okay. We got rocks in the back gaming. Shout out to rocks. I mean, on the ones and twos. Yeah, yeah. This one's gonna funky. Let me pour. You want to pour the rest? Yeah. Make a little bit here. Perfect. All right. That was funky. Cheers. Cheers to the craft. The craft. Mmm. A little sour. Yeah. What is this? A stout? Yes. Okay. Well, no, it's a lager. It's a dark lager. That's oh, why you shit. can't really put your yeah. finger on it. It's. It's. I don't think we've ever had one of these. Yeah, I think we did have dark lager before. An American dark lager like this? Yeah. This is a 4.8, by the way. I don't know if it was uh, American, but it was definitely dark. It tastes like... Coca... This is is kind of reddish, actually. It's... Oh, yeah. It's like really dark red. Oh, yeah. It's like Coke. Yeah. I I think the last lager I was thinking about, it was kind of also like uh, reddish, darkish, like that. 
but I mean I think we tried this but not like this exactly the notes are pretty different yeah it looks like coke almost if you look through it mm-hmm. looks like we're sipping coca cola yes I will get your coca cola <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good yeah what do you th- what notes are you getting off of it coffee Definitely coffee. That's why I asked, like, if it was a stout, and I was like, no, oh, it's a dark lager. But, I mean, dark lagers do have coffee notes on them. This is very similar to a stout, if you will. Um, I'm going to do my pen, get it a little taste. I'm getting kind of... Shit. I'm getting again. some different notes. I'm getting almost like a metally, like metallic kind of taste yeah I'm getting metallic like the cover (laughs) yeah like lime limey like a little bit of citrus I want to say like the rind of an of a lime peel or something like that Mm, I'm definitely tasting something light like coming off of something that's like uh, a light uh, lighter bodied but yeah it's like a light dark Beer. I would say, yeah, I would say this is like medium body, if anything. There you go. If you need a battery, sir, that's the good thing about those. You could just switch it. Bam. It's not about the battery. Oh. Again, it's just he ran out of juice. Gonna, he finally no. ran out of juice. I think I did. Oh, míralo. Oh shit, I did. Huh? Place. There you go. He ran out. He fin- dude. Yeah, but you've been using it for like a year, you know. <laughs> Actually, since Christmas. Since Christmas. That's that's so like three quick. months. That's pretty good. That's yeah, a long time. That's resourceful. I like this <laughs> I like this beer. It's sippable. I feel like even putting some lime into it might be a little bit I don't know. <laughs> it might be a move because it's a lager. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I think it might be a move, but you you try it, you tell us. Yeah. Alright. Uh, so t- it's sorry. T- just talking about lime. Uh I'm also thinking about the eight oh five the limes. I don't even want to talk about lime right now. Cause <laughs> no, it it's because like yesterday. Scooters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh uh, but that's not the connection I'm trying to make. But um, oh yesterday I saw like the first 805 32s. Oh. Yeah. A 32 of yeah. an 805? I wanted to get it, people. but I was like. Uh, I, I think you I'm should get it for your mom. And be like, hey, mom, I I, uh, I bought you a fridge. I left it. In the <laughs> <laughs> I left it in the fridge for you. Sorry for drinking your beer last night. <laughs> here's here's <laughs> something to make up for it. <laughs> Bam, a little baby, little. I think they also had the lime one too. So I was like, oh, yeah, man. they're going down with those, man. The 805 just ran off. People think it's its own brand. Yeah, they, like I don't blame them. If anything, yeah. it's just like that. But I mean, it kind of does really remind me of that. Actually, what like the 805 kind of like the lime one, really? You know, yeah, it's a lager. Yeah, you it know? is. If anything, huh? Maybe I but think it's, it's just the coffee notes that just yeah, the coffee notes is what makes it different. Yeah, coffee notes definitely makes it different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how the, how we feel on this one later. All right, let's jump into it, man. What do you got? <sighs> so I'm gonna start off with uh, our artist. I got Amy Lee. Yeah, uh, from Evanescence. Uh, wait, where are my notes? Because I um, she's on the thing. <laughs> she sings like that, right? Yep. Yeah, she definitely has a unique voice and everything. Um, 
very much like she actually came into like that band actually came in the right time because it came in through the the new middle age you know when uh corn oh that's right that's one thing i wanted to talk about but we'll talk about that later um and i didn't need corn the corn and the disturbed and the um uh, System Up and Down, Lincoln Park, and all that. All those bands that were like considered new metal. And of course, it would be new metal of anything, but they just add a little bit more of a gothic taste into it. So it's like its own thing. Um, so she basically, Amy Lee was the, um, she was the founder of the band. It, it wasn't just like, oh, they found a singer. And then they say like, oh, let's just stick to with her. And she found this band with, uh, what's his name? With Ben Moody, and they actually met in a Christian, um, uh, in a Christian band. No, in a Christian camp that they were both going. It was like a little summer camp, and it was when they were like young. They were like kids, and apparently she was. Uh, they were holding like a little talent show during that uh, during camp, and she actually had did a cover for a Meatloaf song. Yeah, rest in peace, Meatloaf. Meatloaf, huh? Yeah. And then apparently, I like... I heard that uh, name in a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, he passed away. I think that's what I heard. Ma, where's the Meatloaf? <laughs> that's what I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Here we go. That's what I think about when I think so <laughs> So, I guess Ben Moody was actually pretty impressed, and then they actually been friends ever since. Because she d- literally, like, did that cover... Uh, while playing piano she actually knows how to play the piano so oh nice yeah so apparently her dad was a dj and she would like go uh to work with them and you know she got a musical taste and then she, uh, she got inspired by like a lot of music from like the 60s you know like freaking janice joplin uh the rolling stones definitely the beatles because i mean who isn't inspired by the beatles <laughs> yeah and um, she she just like uh, got that quiet of taste, and then like I mean like any young artist, they're starting to think like, oh, I like all this taste of music. Like she was like really into like classical, alternative, and grunge, and then she just thought like, oh, like what if I mesh that up and then just like make something unique? And I mean I listened to a couple of interviews in which she said like. Oh, um, like I, I felt like I was like the only person who ever thought about that. But honestly, a lot of artists do think that way, and having to blend like different like genres and just some- make something of their own. Which Evanescence definitely is. It's just very like uh, heavy on their guitar riffs, while having like some vocals that are just like very somewhat serene and then yet very impactful. <laughs> And she definitely delivers that <laughs> as a front woman, if anything. Um, I mean, she did have a lot to say about, like, front women. And as her, she's she's just not like, she's not like, oh, she's going to go up there and just sing. That's all she does. I mean, she does a lot of things in the background. I mean, she's the one that found, like, the uh, the whole band, basically. And at, fir- at first, I think it was them two that did it, like, him and Mo- uh, yeah, her and Moody. And eventually they got, like, more uh, members of the band, and they basically formed, like, uh, I think it was called something different, but they ultimately call it Evanescence because uh, what that word actually means is, like, to uh, disappear or to go away. And honestly, if, like, 
you're gonna name your band like that just yeah don't make it true <laughs> which uh, actually they kind of disappeared for a minute but they came back at full force because you know they were going through a lot of stuff what kind of stuff and honestly they were going gone through a lot of stuff at the beginning of their careers because emily was dealing with like her brothers like uh um because he had like a medical condition apparently had like a lot of um he had epilepsy uh, i can't even say it. epilepsy epilepsy and you know it's really hard to have a family member to like you know like having uh all that um uh all those issues and then you know you have to worry and you're also trying to like have your career going and eventually like how they describe it it was just like very instant like oh like they uh they made their first album which does not really release to the public i don't think so i think they did but uh, i'll talk about that later and uh i guess they had their first they sent that music to like a label group and they basically gave them like a <laughs> Uh, gave him like a record deal, and then they made their first album, which is called Fallen. That came out in 2003. It came out strong. Um, she, the way that she describes the album was like, that, this is the album where it's gonna describe how, well, not describe, but basically introduce the band and introduce the sound they want for that band. And the first song in that album was Going Under, and they said she was so for it, like oh, like just put that this is the sound that we're about and i don't want like the first like the most popular song to be like the first one because their most popular song is um bring me bring me to life and i remember bring me to life was just like on the radio constantly and that shit was just like ooh, that shit just blew my mind <laughs> and i actually bought that album because me and my sisters actually really like her and the band and then we just like got that first album and then we just started playing it like uh, i think constantly really and honestly i just still listen to it well it's been a while since i listened to it but i think it, like a year or so i just started listening back to it and it was like oh fuck this is like bringing me back memories and it's just like really great to like uh acknowledge that you know emily has like a as a front woman, as like a singer, she just has a really unique voice, and mm -hmm. their fan, their fan base is really fucking strong too. So she it's does. Just like you know that. what? Out of all like most female singers, once you hear her voice, you can't like ever unhear it. Like you know yeah. that belongs to her, yeah. That because band. whether you know her name or not, like you hear it and you say like, "Oh, that's the girl from Evanescence," and like, oh, and you're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that's that band that makes that song that I." Heard. I, I don't even know what song you're trying to sing. I don't know. I just always hear the... <laughs> ha, na, ha. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything, but I know that's like <laughs> one of the key things that she does with her voice. Yeah, it's like... She goes like sort of... She, yeah, she does like... Fluctuations. I, I don't know how to... Yeah, I don't know how to say it. What would that be? It's just like... It's like so deep in, and then she just has like those long notes that uh, that are just so distinct from everyone else. Yeah. You know? And... Yeah, she's definitely someone that that's uh has a unique voice and you just recognize it like anywhere really. Um but I mean like going into like their first album, I guess for her like like I said she was dealing with stuff with her brother and then you know they were having a lot of the, like uh arguments or discussions within the band, um disagreements or uh, certain issues and whatnot. 
And, you know, whenever they're getting interviewed, like, they would just have a, a straight face and just say, you know, like, nothing's wrong and stuff. And it's just like, no. And that's important to, like, you know, uh, have a face or have a public, like, persona and just sort of, like, not really, like, have all those uh, other things that are bothering you, like, to surface up there. Or to surface, like, like say, like, oh, there's nothing wrong, really. And th in her interview, she does, like, confess, like, well, she that they were going through that stuff yeah. as a band and stuff so I mean it's definitely cool It and they did so I mean a, a lot of the I think the label were just pushing a lot of things a lot of demands on them mm -hmm. and they said like okay well I mean the way that I see you guys you guys are basically like the female Linkin Park and then they're like oh. what? and then she just and then they said like okay well, how do you feel about having like a male vocal with yours? And then uh, she was just like, mm. and then they said, think about it. And he's like, and she already like made up her mind. She was just like, okay, like I know. And then uh, she thought about it. And then she said, no, I think this is who we are. And this is like, I mean, like I want to have my voice in front and stuff. And having another guy's voice is like, I mean, there is bring me to life. That's like a, a male vocal. But, I mean, that was just for that song. But, like, overall, just, like, on every track, it's just, like, mm, I don't know. So, what they did, the label actually, like, kicked them out. Yeah, so they actually, like, not, they weren't a band anymore. I guess officially, unofficially, they weren't a band. But then, like, two weeks ago, uh, two weeks later, they actually got a call back. And they got lucky because they needed a song to go into, like, a... Uh, movie soundtrack and <laughs> a movie sound which movie <laughs> this this is the funniest fucking the most random movie ever and also it's funny that it's this fucking movie <laughs> zoolander no <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> no i just tried to fix something random no like <sighs> it was daredevil the one with ben affleck what's funny about that it was a terrible movie. <laughs> 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 but it definitely went in the mood because, you know, it was just, uh, Daredevil was pretty gothic. And then, you know, <sighs> so they basically had that song and then they said like, oh, come back and then we'll sign you up and then put your track on that fucking soundtrack because we really need you guys. And I was like, oh, my God. Sorry, I just looked at my elbow right now. <laughs> it looks gross. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> oh, this is a little side note, but earlier today, I fell on a fucking life. Well, I didn't fall, first of all. I didn't fall. What happened was, I was riding the Lime Scooter super fast, and the front fender fucking broke off and went under the wheel. And it launched me like five feet. You should have mentioned this in the beginning, man. <laughs> I know, man, but it's just, I'm looking at my elbow now and I'm like, holy shit. It's like all like it gross. <laughs> it looks it's gross because like it's so oily. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I put oil on it and, well, I mean, ointment. 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 That's a funny word, ain't it? It is. A, it is. But really yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little startled from earlier, you know? I don't yeah. know. Like, obviously I'm going to ride those again, but I'm going to check them thoroughly and make sure they don't have... I don't even know. Like, I checked it, too, and the fender looked fine. I was just like, I need to get home. <laughs> and then that happened, and I was like, what the fuck? That's the first thing I said when I got up after 
Oh, sorry. So, no, I had to random. just go on that tangent. <laughs> now that's random. So, Ow. <laughs> I mean, after they did their first album, um, I guess three years, it took them like three years, uh, yeah, three years later to make another album. And that was called the, the Open Door. And that actually features um, Call Me When You're Sober. And mm-hmm. that was actually like their next hit. Actually, they had a couple hits. But I guess this one will be like the um, the one that, um, how would I say it? Uh, the last good hit that they had in a good while, I would say, you know. Because, uh, I mean, besides Bring Me To Life, I think Going Under and then My Mortality, I think they were the most uh, popular songs that, uh, on their tracks and stuff. But, I mean, aside from that, they, they were actually like pretty much like experimenting with like different like band um sounds uh especially with amy lee having to like they were kind of psychedelic in a way right no they weren't psychedelic they were more instrumental Mm -hmm. and they did fuck with like electronics and just sort of like implement that into like uh, some more experimental yeah i mean i mean i think that that could be considered psychedelic i guess in a way too but i I guess but i think what they were going for is just more alternative alternative but more like emotional or just more like having a unique sound and stuff i mean it did like so i said like when you hear one of those sounds and you hear that voice you know it's that band yeah you know you know because what they're known for is just like the heavy rock riff that they have is just like and then her having like this like strong just very somber like voice in some sense but i think she really like placed on like strong emotions coming from her like singing and stuff mm-hmm. and I, I mean i guess she's been through a lot and not just her but just like everyone in that um in the band but i mean i'm here to talk about av lee what's your favorite song um from falling i would say uh damn it's really hard Cause the one that's like really like um, that's coming to mind is uh, uh, everyone's fool, and basically I would say like that's the one that she's. It's like the most. Uh, I would compare it to like, um, cause Britney Spears actually made a song. It's called Lucky, and it's actually like the most like self-aware song ever, cause it's about like fame, and then downfalls and falls about like fame in itself and then everyone's fool is like in that same line where it's like oh like i'm just everyone's just like um like i'm just here to entertain like everyone like i'm everyone's clown and stuff and there's actually a music video on that and it just really plays on that shit and just like oh is this girl that you know is a star but she's not really like happy or she you know this is as she thought it was going to be or you know, it's just like one of those songs that she's just like, oh, like, that's kind of deep in some sense. But yeah. <laughs> you know, and that and, I mean, Bring Me to Life is cool. Going Under is really I just good. love, like, the silence sometimes. Yeah. What what I really like is, like, in that album, too, like, no, actually, like, most of the albums, they have, like, instrumentals. You get you what know? I'm saying about, the, like, the silence. Like, I don't know. There's, like, serenity in her voice. You know, yeah, it's like I know some kind saying. of silence. It's like some kind of like I want to say everything it's silence. Else. It's just like well, there's like, a serenity. Well, serenity, but also but it's like this? also like it gets your attention. Yeah. And you don't want to interrupt it. You know, I feel like the sh- her shows probably like everyone was like really quiet when they started. You know. Yeah. 
Oh, actually, I see, yeah, I actually seen a uh, live video, uh, live performance of her, and the way they begin it, it, it's like exactly what I said. It's instrumentals, and then they have like this lights, and it's like all dark, and then they have like this blue lights, and it's like somber, and then everyone's just excited to see her and stuff, and just like, and then they just like, and then the first, actually, the first song that came out is everyone's full, because I think that's like really sets up like the going into like what the classical the instrumentals and just like the uh heavy rock riffs that go, go along with it like i think that's the song that just like actually all the songs they just <laughs> really like go f- uh for what they're about you know um yeah. but i mean i i like it because like it's just i don't know it's just like she has just has that unique voice and it's just like it's very yeah it's a style and it's definitely her and stuff yeah um i mean uh but just like the name Evanescence actually did <laughs> they actually did disappear for a good minute mm-hmm. and while she was like not um uh not in not active in the band or uh she actually did her own like um she actually comp- uh composed for film she did huh. a, yeah so actually one of them was for a movie with uh what was it called? It was called Blind. It came out in 2016, and it has uh, Ben Affleck and uh, what's her name? Um, I'm, I'm blanking out her name, but she's a famous actress, and it's actually Jennifer Gardner. No, it's not Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> it's not Daredevil. <laughs> and the movie, the movie wasn't great. Was it Chasing Amy? No, the mo- movie wasn't great. That was like 1996. But the movie wasn't great, but I mean, like, her um, soundtrack was definitely like her because she did, like, play, she does play piano and she does have, like, the violins and stuff. That's another thing. Like, they did implement, like, violins into their uh, music. Yeah. And that's what they're getting, like, like the, the orchestral. Yeah. And I that. mean, honestly, like, you see a lot of, like, in that band, you could hear a lot of kind of maybe where Coldplay got some of their influence from. Yeah, but I think like very orchestral, like kind of like I you don't. Know. Yeah, I think they came up at the same time, so it's either or. But I mean, I think just t- having instrumentals is like something inspiring, and I think like they're not the only ones that like thought about that shit, you know. But I mean, she definitely does play that in like her co- um, composing like music for her film. Um, she also did like a short film. And it looked like it was like very high budgeted, and it it was a weird film, but you definitely get like the violins, and you actually get a little bit of her vocals in there too. So you know she definitely has like her signature there. Uh, I think she collaborated with like a couple other people, in that um, uh, I don't know if it's like people from her, a band, or just people like she just collaborated just for that film or whatever whatnot. Um. But, I mean, she did make, like, other albums after she came back. And she implemented, like, instruments. And it was just very orchestral. Yeah. And, I mean, you you haven't seen any bands do that. Except maybe Metallica when they did that, like, um, uh, they had all their songs. But they kind of, like, implemented, like, um, classical music into it. And the only reason they did that is because, like, uh, their late bass their first uh, ba- bass player was actually like a fan of like uh, classical music, but aside from them, 
I mean, I think, I think just like a lot of people that come from rock are actually very like inspired by classical music. I noticed that because they actually do say, like, oh yeah, like I like Mozart, I like uh, fucking Beethoven and stuff, and just mm-hmm. like you know, getting inspiration from that. It's not they're not being pretentious. It's just like you know. It's, it's like, like the oldest form of music. Yeah, yeah, it's like basically taking influence from like the past and redistributing it or like kind of reimagining it yeah. with new technology and new, you know, instruments. Yeah, and stuff. innovation in just like music overall and just, you know, implementing in there. But I mean, yeah, it definitely like like her style and stuff. <coughs> the album's name is uh, uh, Synthesis. And it was just like a passing project she wanted to do. And then <laughs> I think she, like, just based on the interview, she just, like, said that um, uh, she wasn't sure how this thing was going to be because she was talking to her manager. And then she just said, like, oh, like, I mean, it's going to be pretty expensive to do this, right? Just get an orchestra and just, like, you know, do that and then they said oh, yeah. why, why why don't you just do a tour and then he's all like when we have to pay like different orchestras to do it it was like yeah but i mean it's gonna be worth it <laughs> so they asked i think they did freaking did a tour for this album and hmm. then i mean fucking praises to them because it's, it's like you they know, got all the experimental people. yeah and you got all your b- biggest fans just like backing you up like Doing like the most bravest and boldest thing you ever done, so it's like oh, good on them, yeah. It's pretty um, intense, but yeah, like Amy Lee, like uh, I mean, I liked her since I was a kid, and you know, just seeing the interviews in the few couple uh, weeks that I had, mm-hmm. seeing like just I don't know, she's just like really inspiring me because she's just like really down to earth, just very easy to sp- uh, talk to person, and just you know, you get an essence like she's just like. Uh, I don't want to say everyday woman, but just, you know, just fucking human. And then, you know, she really talks from the heart and just like, you know, like we all go through shit. And, you know, we implement that through our music because, I mean, that's what we do as artists, you know. And, I mean, <laughs> that's all I got for Amy Lee. Amy Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Sip on that. Um, so, I'm finished with mine. Are you ready for the next one? Well, you've been talking this whole time, I guess. Oh, he's going for it, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Don't get it on your nice white shirt now. I'm going to go grab another one. Keep the people entertained. Um, I mean, I was going to say this for a sip on this, but I don't care. So, guess who's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 3? Yeah. No, none other than Doc Brown. Yeah, so Christopher Lloyd's actually going to be in The Mandalorian Season 3. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I'm psyched. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Episode or part of, is he going to be like is he going to be like a perpetual guy in the series? Uh, we're not too sure cuz we did have like um uh famous people be- well, yeah. a lot of famous people being on it, but you never know with like if he is or not, I hope he is because he's like, ooh, he's doing good things now. Fucking, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just want like a Back to the Future joke just slipped into there. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be. There's gonna be like, oh, can you take it into the future? 
That's what they've never introduced into Star Wars, actually. Like, time portals, right? Yeah, that's more of a Star Trek type of thing. Yeah. All right. Num, 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 num. Let's go ahead and sip this next beer. This is a kilt lifter, Scottish-style amber ale from Four Peaks Brewing Company uh, in Arizona. I got this out in Joshua Tree. Yay. So let's try this out. All right. You ever been to Joshua Tree? Nope. It's fucking, it's Red Dead. It's literally like Red Dead. You know when you're like, you see all those Joshua Trees and vultures and condors and stuff Joshua like that? Trees. You mean it's like literally <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, I, what do you think about Redwood Trees? Or what What are those trees called? Joshua Trees. Oh, just, is that yeah. what they're called? Yeah. So the place is literally called Joshua Tree because of the trees? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though, right? I don't know. Cheers. I need to travel more. <laughs> Yeah. Cheers to that. Traveling cheers, more. Cheers. Um, I'm getting a really nice color off this. Just look at that. It Caramel, like malty. It says on the bottom of the kilt lifter thing, it just says, malty, toasted, love. <laughs> yeah, it's like this amberish. It's like amberish honey S- color. I'm getting like a honey smell. I'm getting like a little sourish. But I was going to say, oh, I did say honey. Mmm, that's some fresh beer. Wow. The water, I feel yeah. like the, the water that, that they use for this. That's just what I thought. It's just, it's so fresh watered. It must be fresh water. They it's fresh got, water. They must they have got it out of the uh, Joshua Trees. If you ever try Four Peaks Brewing Company, their beer, the water that they use for their beer is fucking amazing. I don't know what they're using, but amazing. if they're in the mountains, they're probably getting some clean, fresh water. That's like snow or something. That used to be snow. And it just went down on the mountains. It came down. You know what mountains. I think about when I think about that? What? That movie with Jackie Chan. Which the one? The Tuxedo. Oh, my God. I can't believe I pulled that out of my fucking ass. That's a random-ass movie. Dude, okay, <laughs> remember that movie? And then in the very beginning, like, the water goes through all those filters. But the first thing you see is the deer pees into, a, like, a river. <laughs> And then you see the river water, just like you follow the river water, and then like it gets captured somewhere. Yeah, and then, like, I go do remember like, a that. Giant pipe. But and, I don't like, remember it was from the tuxedo. <laughs> it goes through like a giant filter system and everything like you that. You know what other movies like that? Water bottles. You know what other movies like that? Um, it's not water, but it's like uh, they're like basically bullets. Um, ah, that was that movie from Nicolas Cage, uh, Lord of War. Oh, yeah. Remember they had, like, that whole shot where, like, the camera's mounted on, like, mm-hmm. a bullet, and then the bullet, like, travels, like, across, like, different wild. countries. I was just like, oh, yeah. I like it when, like, movies do that shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's It takes a lot of time to do that. Yeah, a lot of time. Um, Really WLC, fucking delicious. Yeah. I think I like this one a little bit better than the last one. It, just yeah, because it's really refreshing. I like the water that they used. I don't know. Do they say what type of water <coughs> do they use? Or? Nice. I mean, it doesn't say, it says, the beer you are holding will remain fresh and fantastic until the date listed below. 31 July 22nd. 22. July 22. So, this is fresh until July. This is a 6.0 right here. Tempete, Arizona. Wait. 
Does uh, what's the name of that brewery? Four, Four Peaks. Four Peaks. Do they make their own water? Do they make their own water? Yeah. I don't, bro. You can't make your own water. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like do they have like their, their, their own, own water? water? Yeah. I don't know, man. Let's see. Let's go on the website real yeah, quick. Is there any like brewery that does that too? Like, it's also like a. If water. you know any breweries that do that, let us know. We're interested yeah. about the water situation. I don't <laughs> know why it's it's appealing, but it just makes it just matters. Beer. Really, it makes it's the beer ta- taste different, man. It's like good coffee, right? It's, it's the fucking water. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, obviously that. the beans and everything like that. Yeah. But like if you don't, if you have bad water, it's just not gonna bring all of the beautiful notes yeah. out of the coffee. You know. Yeah, you just have like dirty. <laughs> you have dirty shit coffee. <laughs> Except oh, for the beans. It's making me do the whole month, day, year thing. Ah, uh, well, Hold I mean, on. safety reasons, I Let's guess. Let's see. It says, "Remember me." It's gonna. Be <laughs> It's going to be like 82. Okay, <laughs> like, let's it. see. Let's go to year-round. Beer delivery. Ooh, beer online. Contact. Beer finder. About us. About us. Oh, 1892? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> Built before Arizona statehood. What? These guys got it down. Oh, shit. Yeah, they do have it down. I was like in the olden times. They were there since like the gold. Oh my rush. god! Check this out. <laughs> what better place to brew cold, refreshing beer than a retired ice house? That's why. Oh. <laughs> Originally christened the F. A. Hughes Ice too. Factory, the Mission Revival style brick beauty is still standing strong for more than a hundred years. Before we came along, the building housed a dairy creamery, and Uranus Recording. <laughs> <laughs> what? Which hosted the likes of Jim. <laughs> it literally says that. Uranus Recordings. <laughs> hosted the Gin Blossoms and Stevie Nicks. Your anus. And, hosted the, and, and who hosted the likes of the Gin Blossoms and Stevie Nicks in the studio. Talk about going back to our last podcast mm-hmm. when we did last year that brings with um, fem- female um, female vocal artists. Solo artists, yeah. And with the uh, homegirl Vanessa. Shout out to Vanessa. Shout out to Vanessa. We talked about Doing some God's cool work. characters. We talked about Stevie Nicks on that one. And yeah. we did talk about some other people. Um, yeah, so it's an old it's an old ice house, I guess. Huh. That makes sense. I mean, Lifter is born. Look at this is at one least of their they first make ones. their own ice. So. Look at it's literally one of their first ones. Look, Kilt Lifter. Kilt Lifter is our flagship beer. This guy keeps the lights on, making up sixty percent of what we brew. Holy shit! This is a winter beer. This is a good beer. It's number one locally made beer in Arizona and was won multiple medals at Great American Beer Festival and World Beer Cup. We need to go to one of these. Bubs, would you be down to go to that? The Great American Beer Festival? The Great American Beer Festival. The ABF? I wonder if, like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> A grand opening. Okay. It's, it's, it's historic, apparently. Yeah. The process. Brewed with the best. You could say obsessive. Here we go. We make annual trips to the Yakima Valley to hand select the best hops available. 
We apply rigorous standards to ensure our beers are only made with the finest malted barley, and we go to great lengths to protect and preserve our proprietary yeast strain. Here we go. Here we go. This is the good stuff. This is what you want to hear. We even go as far as to strip our municipal water supply to its most basic state and add back salts and minerals to create the perfect water for brewing each style of beer. We know our fucking beers. It's official. Because the first thing we said when we tried this beer was the water. And we just checked right now, and they just said they add stuff to the water to give it that mineral taste. See? They, they should Golden have, Craft They should people. have their own waters at this point. We've invested... Okay, it says, back salts and minerals to create the perfect water for brewing each style of beer. We've invested in the best equipment, the best processes, and the best people to what we think is the finest beer possible. Beautiful. Cheers. Cheers, Four Peaks Brewing Company. Cheers. Great beer. Wow. And that's the last one. That is the last one. Did we just finish this one? It's really good beer. <laughs> it was just so fresh. I needed that. It's a little Ooh. hot in here, so I was just like, oh, that refreshed me. <laughs> Guess we gotta get another one. Alright. So we're still ongoing for the front women in rock. And Maddie's trying to get another beer. Um, damn, I would actually want to go to that fucking festival, if anything. What's up? You want to introduce this one? Oh, yeah. We had, we had this company on, the, well, a collab from this company on the last ah, podcast. So, I always wanted to taste this beer. This is actually Belching Beaver's collaborate. I, I guess it's fair to call it collaboration with none other than Deftones. Which is a actually a good band that I like to listen to, and I mean we're doing the fucking Excuse music me. episode, so wait, um, wait, th- what is this in music? It says Ohms. Oh, Deftones. I, I ohms. thought it was gonna be a technical. Wow. It is. It's Ohms yeah. is the amount of power that a speaker can receiver hold i believe oh, okay or distribute yeah. or something like that so like a certain amount of ohms let's google it <laughs> we, <laughs> we gotta make tablet. sure on that yeah and i have such a, you know what i'm why didn't i fucking bring this out for like the last fucking two like podcasts we had you know i don't know we just we're just thinking about it really i mean we should always just have like okay. i mean we always have our phone so we just like ohm is the SI derived unit of electrical resistance. That's what the fuck. <laughs> okay, here we go. What is ohms in simple words? <laughs> why uh, the SI derived unit used to measure chart? the electrical di- resistance of a material or electrical device. One ohm is equal to the resistance of a conductor through which the current of a app here flows when a potential difference of the volts is applied to it. Let me break that down. Basically, it's saying ohms is the max it can receive or transmit oh okay that's it basically it's the amount of power it could receive or transmit okay fucking cool label mm-hmm. really cool label it looks like a tv almost it's, right um what do you call it the material i forgot what it, the material it's, is called it's um 
metallic reflective um holographic holographic yeah there you go i'm gonna zoom in yeah so you know you get your rainbow colors you put it to the light it shines like a bunch of hues of colors in the eye Yeah, thank you. That's the um, autofocus that it's for. Hey, man, you didn't invent the camera. Relax. <laughs> but I did buy it, so <laughs> I am in support of the inventors. Uh, it's a 5.5. It's yeah. one paint. One paint. And without further ado, let's talk about... Well, I mean, let's do this first. Let's just this do that first. This well, I'll, I'll kind of open up. Who I'm going to talk about is someone that I love their music. Um... I've been a fan of their music ever since I was young. Uh, I had a strong connection to them. Well, just like because they were from SoCal, they were from Anaheim, the band. And the lead um, went to a high school of a friend that I knew. And they were like, oh, yeah, Gwen Stefani went to our high school. Oh, yeah. Just dropped it right now. Um, Laura High School in in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. That one kind of just. Okay. You're good. So yeah, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, local girl. Um, so I think so. Basically, what I'm going to do right now, I didn't do like Serge's way is different. Like he takes notes and stuff like that. I like to pull up tabs and kind of just get different information. I get different sources. I watch videos and I do like a bunch of searches. And sometimes I don't take notes, but I just remember the most like the coolest shit basically <laughs> of everything that I do. So like, um, well the that I do. So check this cool. out. So the biggest thing I think about Gwen is her story right now is basically the awkward girl in probably mm. she might have been in special needs classes. Wait, what? Yes, because she had dyslexia. She grew up with dyslexia and ADHD. Can relate to that. I can relate to that. Um, what? Yeah, she had, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she was a chubby girl. She was a chubby girl when she was little. Oh, um, okay. she said that it was kind of hard for her because, you know, she was not the most attractive, you know, girl when yeah. she was little, but you know, yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes like if you're not really unattractive, you blossom into like someone beautiful. So this is, uh, I'm going to show on the camera pictures of Gwen Stefani. When she was in high school. And once she's like, what are you talking about? She's yeah. still hot. <laughs> I think she looks pretty elegant. Yes. I think she, I mean, for growing up in the 80s, you know, she had the little, the little hair, like the bob, the short <laughs> haircut, you know. Short bob, yeah. And I. I thought that was kind of cool. She rocked it. She stood for it. Um, but like I said, she, she grew up with that um, dyslexia, and that made school kind of hard for her. So she wasn't really about school. She, was, she wasn't really a rebel either. She was a goody-goody girl, kind of. No tattoos at all on Gwen Stefani. She has no tattoos. As of now? As of now. Really? She doesn't have any tattoos. Huh, you would she, she was raised Catholic. Um, I can relate to that. Yeah, exactly. Especially around this time. And basically, um, she grew up 
and she really didn't know what she wanted to do. All she knew is that she wanted to grow up and have babies and have a husband and have a house. Mm. She She's recorded multiple, multiple interviews where she says exactly that. Where, yeah. like, that's all she wanted to do was, like, be a mom. Yeah. And now she has a lot of kids. So yeah. that's – she did what she wanted to do. But hey, she did it's crazy that, like, all of that, all of the stardom kind of grew – because of you know the hype of the band and everything like that i mean back in the 90s obviously female lead singers were were in and stuff like that but to see a female lead singer that rocked as hard as gwen stefani i feel was rare um so let me just go on and and talk a little bit about like the beginnings of um no doubt so so no doubt no doubt was a was a third wave Scott. What the fuck? Third wave? It's so weird. Um, so technical about it. Yeah, right? Alternative rock band from... An- this is from Wikipedia, by the way. Yeah. Anaheim, California, United States. The four members in the band are currently Gwen Stefani, Tony Canal, Adrian Young, Tom Dumont, Eric Stefani, and John Spence, now dead. Were former members. No Doubt was formed in 1986. Oh. That's wild. Okay. The most successful album was Tragic King. Welcome to the Tragic Kingdom. The tragic One of Kingdom. my favorite fucking albums. Great album. Um, including Don't Speak. Don't Speak. I know just what I'm feeling. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. But it's one of my favorite karaoke songs to sing. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, right? That's yeah. That's so, definitely a um, go-to. The band is currently on a hiatus and performed their last shows in 2015. Famously, she dated you know one of the the guitarists of the band, and he uh, committed suicide oh, at yeah. some point. Terrible. Yeah. Um. Oh, so get this little tidbit. No doubt, his first name was Applecore. Yeah. And her brother Eric Stefani and her basically started it together. So it's pretty trippy because she when she talks about how she came up with the music and stuff like that, she doesn't describe her as being the writer of all of it. Yeah. She co writes a lot of the songs and songs were written for her. But she remembers specifically writing certain songs yeah. and people writing songs with her. So she's had like a hand in all of the songs she's written. Um, but basically the way, the way I remember, I watched, um, a sublime documentary, uh, stories, tales, lies, and exaggerations. And there's some tidbits with Gwen Stefani and Brad from back in the day. Cause they were both playing house parties at this time, obviously from LB to OC to LA all over the fucking place. And you know, they were running across each other all the time. There was a rumor that they dated at some point. Yeah. Which I mean, when you see I, kind of I the um, it, yeah. when you see kind of the on stage, kind of like they're I don't know how they get along with each other. It's kind of it's a little flirty. She's like, "Oh, yeah. man, you're looking good." And yeah, then it's and definitely then a good dynamic. He says something <laughs> fucking amazing. He goes, "Thanks, Gwen. I'm prosperous." <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was the best shit, dude. I'm prosperous. <laughs> I fucking loved it. And to this day, like, it's like one of the quotes that I fucking love that shit. 
that. If anyone like, gives you a compliment, you just say that. And, like, and, like, and he's fucking, you know what I'm saying? And like, it was prosperous. It was prosperous. He, he, to this day, it's still pro- fucking prosperous. So yeah, more news on that later. But anyways, uh-huh. um, I fucking love that thing. Uh, and they performed Saw Red together. They collabed yeah. on that song. Uh, can I say something about that song? Just one of our earliest uh, memories. <laughs> so, uh, before I even had a car, like, uh, you would just, like, pick me up and uh, we would just do errands or whatever the fuck we did and then just hang out. And I remember, like, I always remember this, where you just asked me, like, disc one or disc two. And I didn't know what you were referring to. And <laughs> and I said two. And then the first track of this two is Saw Red. And I honestly, I actually do have like that um, album on my phone. And every time, I just always prefer two. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> but, I mean. Because that's how you started it with. That's how just, that's just how you start something, you know. It's oh, just, it, like, by the way, so we're talking about the Sublime Greatest Hits Yeah. Album. So there's a, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's basically called like. I need to just get the, that on a vinyl. That'd be dope. Yeah, the gold disc. And yeah, it comes in one. two. So it's like disc one and disc two. <laughs> disc one? Disc two. I disc think one. in the beginning of this, they actually do it. Can I play this without getting in trouble? Uh, Just for a few seconds. Wait, can you just turn on the Bluetooth and then... We haven't connected it. Yeah, no, for it's not getting it. It's not going to get it. Right there, right there. That's Gwen right there. There, that's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. That's that's the song that they actually did with Brad. In that song, if you ever listen to Total Hate, uh, Brad's featured on that song. So they were crossing paths a lot. Yeah, definitely. there was there was uh, rumors that she was you know, um, dating him and stuff like that. But apparently on her profile it says she's only dated three people hmm. which is like you know and she's <clears throat> obviously now she's dating blake sheldon yeah and doing that whole thing with um the voice which is one of her big things that she's been doing but a lot of the dudes she has her own website gwen stefani.com okay and i feel like i should read her about <laughs> her about from her this is from her website okay this is about so her. it's completely biased yes yeah okay it's completely biased because <laughs> it's from her point of view and it's her but it is her i mean she's you know? speaking about who she really is so gwen stefani.com by the way is it glen stefani official or just glen no it's just gwen stefani.com oh, okay. straight up and you know it what? has look at she has like seven pages in her thing and one of them's a drop down and it's like home of home about news tour music videos fashion store dude she does a lot of shit she's a boss like that's yeah, one I thing i it. that's one thing i do respect about her too she she like came up she like got her stardom and stuff like that and then she like multiplied her success you know she was like fuck it like that's people like does. my style i'm gonna fucking capitalize on that i'm gonna start not only does she have um one fashion harajuku everyone knows that one right but she also has lamb gx which is uh glasses they make glasses and zuma rock so oh, she's damn. making multiple 
kind of things. Yeah. She's making multiple. I only know about Lamb. Things. I didn't know about the other ones. Yeah. So That's check crazy. this out. A three-time Grammy Award winner, Gwen Stefani has achieved global success as a performer, songwriter, front woman for iconic rock band, no doubt, and multi-platinum solo artist. To date, she's sold more than 50 million units worldwide, including her four-times platinum's debut solo album, Love Angel Music Baby. A 2004 release delivered the hit singles Rich Girl, What You Waiting For, and Pharrell Williams produced number one hit, Hollaback Girl. With her 2006 sophomore album, The Sweet Escape, featuring Billboard Hot 100 Top 10 Smash Wind Up, Wind It Up, Stefani most recently released her third solo effort, This Is What The Truth Feels Like, debuting at number one at the Billboard 200. The critically praised album includes her powerful number one single, Used To Love You. In addition to her three Grammy Awards, damn, there's a lot here, um, <laughs> Stefani <laughs> honors include four MTV Music Videos Award, two Billboard Music Awards, an American Music Award, a Brit Award. In 2014, she channeled her tremendous musical passion into empowering young singers as their coach on the seventh season of NBC's musical competition series, The Voice. Stefani now returns for her fourth season as coach on The Voice, with 17th season of the four-time Emmy Award-winning show arriving in September 2019. Known for her wildly charismatic stage presence, Stefani rem- premiered in her exclusive Las Vegas headlining residency. This is yeah. where it gets serious. I, I actually want to go see her, bro. Yeah, I think that would I, be a I'll really be dope show. <laughs> when Stefani Just a Girl in June 2018, which was halted by the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. Um, 2018 at the Zappos Theater and Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. And the rooms are actually really cheap at the Planet Hollywood, by the way. Mm. Not too bad. Um with the set list comprised of fan favorites and iconic hits, the two-hour show unfolds an eye-popping spectacular. This is totally for the show. This is totally just for the show. <laughs> and then, okay, this is SEO for the show. And then it goes, one pop culture most magnetic style icons, Gwen Stefani, has also emerged as the first global celebrity artist to translate music stardom into a series of massively successful lifestyle brands. I, I would say so. Through her fashion line, Lamb, its sister label, Harajuku Lovers and her eyewear line GX by Gwen Stefani, the designer and entrepreneur has brilliantly merged modern glamour with fashion-forward streetwear. Lamb and GX eyewear is available in over 3,000-plus doors in the United States. Harajuku Lovers, the pop art-inspired apparel and accessory for brand, has broad appeal with collaborations including the award-winning Harajuku Mini for Target. Fuck, she's selling stuff to Target, Sephora... She's up there. We all know this. With over $1 billion in retail sales across all brands to date, bro, she's a billionaire. That's crazy. She's a billionaire. She, she recently took to the helm as co-creator and executive producer of Kuku Harajuku, a children's animated TV show. Now in its third season it. on Nick Jr. I didn't even fucking know that. Fulfilling Stefani's mission of providing young girls with content that celebrates creativity, imagination, and fearless individuality. Go, girl. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Holy shit. Fucking beautiful. That's a... Uh, she's pretty good hand, writer. She ha- she's yeah. got a re- good writer. She has her hands on everything. And yeah. she's just doing... Uh, a woman's work. Yes. She's doing, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, you know, she's had a lot of 
kids and different jobs. And her first job was actually a swim. She was, um, which we call it like a swim instructor, but right. also the lifeguard too. A swim instructor and a lifeguard. She, yeah. She worked at the community pool. Yep. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. And then she also, her second job was working at Dairy Queen. Nice. <laughs> she said in an interview at the end of it, she's like, I, by the time I started working there, I was like, and at the time I, I stopped working there, I couldn't fit into my uniform. Oh. <laughs> but you know but like i think like she had like a, i think she had like a struggle with that man yeah. and i feel like a lot of girls do have that struggle with body image and stuff like that and in the research that i did um top 10 things you didn't know about gwen stefani this weird youtube video where it's like a robot voice and it's like she said when she first put on red lipstick was in her Honda Prelude in an interview. She says that she's like, I put on red lipstick in my, my beat up Honda Prelude. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, yep, this is the shit. I like this. I'm going <laughs> to keep doing this. She was fucking right. She kept doing it. Yeah. She kept doing it. That was the, that became her look. That was like her trademark. And her grandma was the one that gave her the lipstick. Oh, nice. So it was like, and also, you know how she has like platinum, like blonde hair. Yeah. She uses Marilyn Monroe's technique of using a q-tip and like getting her roots every 10 days holy shit yeah talk about upkeep talking about like um being inspired by like the past the uh, artist oh and you could totally <laughs> see it she's a fashion icon dude like i mean not only the brands but like you know like all of her music videos um and i'm just a girl she did all her hair and makeup on her own she did all oh, that. Shit. It was all it was all homegrown. Like she did all of that stuff, bro. Yeah. She knows how to make herself like production ready. Yeah. On her own. Basically, uh, making that production value for you know the band itself. Yeah. So um yeah so when she was young she started the band with her brother and yeah. then like they eventually got more people but she wasn't the one that was definitely writing the songs. I feel like she was also she kind of because she came from that past of being having that body image kind of issue i feel like she was kind of like getting in front of the mic was a little different right yeah i mean it, yeah it's definitely a big step forward um confidence wise to even like oh be comfortable with your body but also like be comfortable with your body and then present yourself in front of everyone it's just a whole different level why not but um what i wanted to ask was um How's her dynamic with like her and the rest of like their bandmates? So, um, in two thousand and four, that's when she kind of started doing her own career solo. But um, during the nineties, after they went on tour and stuff, they did their like first big tour and stuff like that in the nineties. And um, one of the bandmates, I believe, the bassist, like got married and had a kid, mm -hmm. so they like took a break from that. And in that time. She started um, actually going into, I, I can't remember exactly who, um, it's an interview that she does that I saw on YouTube. Like, I don't remember who she, who it was, but she was basically from like a cool band um, from, from earlier before. And she was writing songs for like girls and stuff. Like she was writing songs oh, for shit. different like, yeah. single, like yeah. people. And Gwen Stefani was like uh, coming out of this, not frustration, but kind of like she wanted to get moving. She wanted to do her own music. Like she wanted to keep making music, even though like the band took a hiatus. Well, not hiatus, but like a 
kind of like a pause, you know, you got to do that as a human being. You don't stop taking care of, you got to go through the baby thing. You know, you got to be there. And that's why they stopped touring for like a while in the nineties and stuff like that. And then, um, basically in that time, this person was writing songs and stuff like that and looked at her and said, Gwen Stefani, what are you waiting for? And that's and then what the next day <laughs> and the next day she had the song written for her yeah. and she had a hand in like doing all the lyrics and stuff. She had the crazy song yeah. and Gwen fucking she performed it. And it's like obviously iconic to this day. You hear that song. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And it's almost <laughs> like some Lady Gaga kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. I wonder how. If TikTok got from that. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, great fucking song. Yeah, I love cool. Don't Speak. I love um, Bath Water's a good one. Yeah. Uh, my friend Andy, shout out to Andy, loves Gwen Stefani. And he's got a lot of fucking... So much to say yeah, about that. He's got, he's I wish it was big, here. No, big <laughs> No Doubt fan. I should have fucking got him on it. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I don't know. He's a little shy. Yeah, but you know. What are you going to do? What's good? I think David just joined us. Yeah. What's good, bro? What's good? Um, Um, Damn. I always forget. I know my favorite song from No Doubt. And every time I hear it, it's just like, I just like it even more. Um, Fuck, I forgot what the name was. Uh, But it's basically like, uh, uh, I realize that it's basically like in a electronic disco track. It's um. Is it off the Harajuku album? I wouldn't know. Is it in her solo album or is it a No Doubt song? It's like it's a No Doubt song. It's definitely a No Doubt song. It's like. Check this out. My phone does this. My phone does this thing. Watch. Check this out. So Google does this thing where you could do this. Search a song. Do exactly what you just did. God damn it I forgot the lyric to that <laughs> Okay I don't think it's gonna <laughs> I think it goes Yeah it's keep on dancing What are we talking about I think it's keep on dancing I thought it wasn't gonna be that obvious But yeah is it really? I thought it was called something different. Yeah, it's literally called Keep On God Dancing, bro. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Is it this one? Yeah, it's that one. It's called Hella Good. And that's See, all, that's I knew all, it was called something that's different. That's off the No Doubt Rock Steady album. I think that might be my favorite yeah, album. The rock, yeah, that, that's <laughs> one of my favorites, too. I remember I had this on my iPod. This was one of my go-to albums I would listen to yeah. all the fucking Isn't time. Isn't Don't Speak in that uh, album as well? Um, Let's see what's on this one. Do, 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 do. I know um, Rocksteady's obviously on there. Yeah. Fucking, I I don't know. It just took me a while to realize that it, this is basically a this disco album. This is intro, hella good. Hey, baby, making out. Hey, Underneath baby. It All is on here, oh. which is fucking, I love that song. Underneath It All. For real, you're my only one. You're my really good darling. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part, dude. That's just dope. Don't let me down. Start the fire running in my head. Platinum blonde life. 
waiting room, rock steady. Underneath it all, radio one live acoustic. Um, what's the song she does with Pharrell? With Pharrell? Yeah. I think that was her that solo. That produced. Yeah. That was her solo, right? Um, look it up. <laughs> I'm not gonna know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't need to look it up, but. Oh, I just want to keep playing that song. Yeah. That's fucking we'll play it later. Yeah. Um, That's a fucking lit-ass song, though. I just know that there... I know, like, back in the 90s, there was a lot of... Um, there was photos that I saw in the... Those of you that listen to the podcast regularly know that I, I'm part of a Facebook group, the Sublime Rare and Unreleased Material. And one of the posts that I saw on there was Gwen Stefani and Brad at a house party yeah. and they were like right next to each other performing saw red. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she was wearing a long dress, like a nineties, like long dress, like to her ankles and like doc Martin sandals. It looked like, <laughs> That's and she's like, dude, it's just like her style completely. I don't want to say flipped. It, um, I, I know what you're saying. It's, uh, not converted. Yeah. Not, um, The word is on the tip of my tongue. So check this out. Not converted, but like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Not converted, but uh, it's, it's the word's going to come out. But that's the cool thing about Gwen is like she always switches her style up. She has like different styles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, she's like, that's one of the tricks of the trade. Ah, sip on that. Sip Little on tidbit. That. She's like, that's one of the tricks of the trade. Always change your style up like in an instant. Always be that person that could change their style up like that. Yeah, you want to be a chameleon. Yeah, you want to be a... Well, not a chameleon. You don't want to, like, blend in, but you want to be able to change your style up in an instant. Well, and people people yeah. can... People will be like, oh, God, you just you just changed your whole style. That's cool. Yeah. You know? And she's one of those people. That's why she, like, started all her brands. And um, there was one instance that I heard in an interview where she was basically saying, like... Um, Subverted. She was saying, like, oh, how did she become famous and stuff like that? And I guess, like, she met somebody from London, from Interscope, that found yeah. her out. But there was, like, someone else from, like, a London-based record label and talked to Gwen seriously and was like, hey, in six years from now, you're going to be famous. Like, I'm going to pull strings and, like, you're going to be famous. So, like, the like, label that actually helped him out was from London. Yeah. And, like... They were like, trust me, like, look, she like looked at her in the eyes and like told her that. And six years to that date, that's when her top song came out, which I think Don't Speak, I think, is when it, when that came out. So that was like one of her songs. So like literally she's like six years to that day. You know what I always notice too? What? Celebrities that have like inspirational stories like that. There's always an instance of somebody telling them that they're going to be famous. Yeah. Right? Someone else says it to them. You're going to make it. You're going to make You're going to be big. And, I mean, if they ever make a movie, it's just like, oh, why is that always a trend? Because it actually did fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but it was, I mean, basically she said after that point, she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, but then, like, the ball started rolling and she became a fucking superstar. So fucking cheers to Gwen Stefani. Cheers to Gwen Stefani, indeed. Making billions of fucking dollars. And Ooh. you know what the cool thing is? 
She's giving work to people. I don't think she's like a shitty like Kim Kardashian kind of person and going like through. <laughs> there was some lawsuit thing or not lawsuit, but like saying she was she was doing cultural appropriation or like she was like. I heard she hired like the Harajuku girls to be around her and stuff like that, and was he paid her to be like uh, yeah like their something groupies about that or like, huh. Maybe they did because that was her job in that sense to bring her a bigger image. But I mean, if you're paying someone for like you know a completely different country to make you look good, I guess that's kind of exploitive. Gwen Stefani stands by her Harajuku girls era despite cultural appropriation claims. Gwen Stefani oh, hits so back at her. Harajuku girls cultural appropriation claims. So it wasn't the girls itself, but everyone that said, no, like, oh, man, that's not this is the power of money, my friend. Yeah. Those top three links are her paying for those. Yeah. No, because I could tell. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you're dealing with Manny here. <laughs> I'm, a web, I'm a web guy, and I could tell that, you know, at the top of the thing, it says E online news, which means that the first three links and four links are I wonder, like, her. her PR company. I wonder if like the archive websites that are trying to like say the truth are actually like in the back <laughs> back pages of like YouTube. She says this. <laughs> Gwen Stefani addresses accusations. This is from independent um dot co dot UK. Um and it says Gwen Stefani addresses accusations of cultural appropriations over Harajuku girls. I thought they were my people. If we didn't allow each other to share our cultures, what would we be? That's a good fucking point. Yeah, that is a good point. She's just tr- reaching out to a culture she's not familiar with. And then- Gwen Stefani has defended the Harajuku girls era of her music career from accusations of cultural appropriation after releasing her song Harajuku Girls 15 years ago as part of her debut solo album. The singer based oh, entire brand on Japanese culture starting with a group of backup dancers known as the Harajuku Girls before eventually launching a clothing collection now do you think this do you think that she released the music to market and promote the brand of clothes what do you think i'm gonna say yeah because i mean the only reason i heard about lamb is because i mean it's a reference to like her music and stuff but i mean once she like um basically when she became like her own thing and then you know obviously she marketed it because like the, her songs became popular instantly and then of course with her song and then the music and the music videos it just became its style and just like took advantage of like that look and that's why i'm saying yes because it's just it all comes to like her uh fancy company and whatnot i feel like she might have been talked into it I feel like once Gwen Stefani became like a really celebrity and she like was like, I can do, I I know how to be production. I feel like Gwen Stefani at an early age was able to hone down what it was to be a star. Yeah. After she had this whole kind of, I mean, this is kind of all my, you know, personal no, no, thoughts no, it's cool i mean if you have an intuition or a say on it like i just I mean, feel like because of her past and stuff like that 
she just once she had the opportunity of like you're gonna be a star Mm -hmm. she was like holy fuck like this is it i'm gonna put everything into this and what she got out of it was a legacy yeah she got generational wealth out of that it's basically a legacy you know (laughs) so i mean I, i i mean like to this day she's still on the fucking tv bro She's still on the TV since yeah. the 90s. You know how hard that is for people? Think about people like Polly Shore. <laughs> Think about, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Think about people above Polly Shore. She's in Target. She's yeah. in fucking everywhere. And what is she's, it? She's a Catholic girl, bro. Yeah. She's She holds her standards. Was, yeah. No tattoos. You know, like. she's She's been staying relevant for the longest time. Probably I mean, doesn't drink it, at parties. Yeah. I feel like she's that kind of chick that doesn't she's really like, drink at parties cool and then you know she's gonna do her other things mm-hmm. uh but i mean just her staying relevant to this point is just like the only person that stayed relevant is like snoop dogg like this guy is like just played the game for like the longest time and stuff yeah and i feel like glenn is like doing the same thing well not the same thing but of course she lasted this long and i mean yeah fuck like <laughs> Let's just see where it goes from here. Fucking Gwen Stefani. Cheers to that, man. Mm -hmm. She's fucking sick. And no doubt is sick as well. I'm not putting that down, but, (laughs) you know. Of course. It's just pretty cool to, like, be able to start off from that point and then launch yourself into your own. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, especially coming to that Making yourself a billion-dollar company. And then making yourself a billion-dollar company. Yeah, exactly. Woo! Well, that's that's it. That's it. That's it for our our twos. Um, Any honorable mentions? (laughs) Honorable mentions. I guess pink. (laughs) What? (laughs) No. That's a solo. (laughs) But she's a solo. I thought she had a band. No, she's just solo. I thought pink was a band. No, pink is literally solo. That's literally her fucking name. Oh, check this out. I watched watched the um, interview with Gwen Stefani. It was like, Top Google searches and she like reads them off. Yeah. And one of the questions that was top Google searches is, is Gwen Stefani pink? <laughs> and she's not. Uh, actually, Obviously. another one that came up that I thought was interesting is people thought she was Armenian. A I, lot of people thought I heard that, that she was too. Armenian. I was like, no, that's kind of weird. She lived in Los Feliz, which I guess is like uh, it's predominantly. Close to, it's close to Glendale. Yeah, Middle oh, Eastern yeah. and like that kind of neighborhood and yeah. people she said people would literally walk up to her and like hug her because they thought that she was armenian oh yeah and yeah. then she's like she's like yeah i hate telling people this but like i don't want to let them down but i gotta stay true to my culture like i'm italian american <laughs> stefani yeah stefani come on stefani. people you're funny you're funny <laughs> stefani <laughs> you're funny stefani <laughs> Oh man! Like that's into a, a shirt. <laughs> I feel like Brad probably said that at one point. Ah, damn. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Maybe she wasn't funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you're funny. Yeah. You're funny. And then uh, what else? What was another one uh, from the top ten things? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it comes to me. I'll I'll say it. Okay. So. Honorable mentions. <laughs> Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> the lead singer from Garbage. Um. 
I'm only happy when it rains. Shirley Mads. Uh, I want to say Shirley. What does he got? Mansion. You know, Slo- she was very close. Where? Shirley Ann Manson. <laughs> Redheaded gal. Yeah. You know, a lot of people not don't know this, but she was actually, because there was actually a Terminator TV series, and she was actually in it. She reminds me of my eighth grade teacher. Was she cool? Was <laughs> yeah, she, like, she was gosh. pretty rad. Oh, shit. She was, she did. She like came to school wearing different colored socks and shit like that. Huh. Let's read about her. What, she let what, her freak what, flag fly. What, what is she? What and the coolest about? thing about her is what? like she would wear like all these outlandish like crazy shit. Yeah. But then this was her demeanor all the time. She was like this. No oh, shit. Like, okay, guys, we're gonna do this now. <laughs> I I, I kind of had like, like a like Daria kind of like. I had a teacher like that too, but she was a little bit more lively. And she was this just like honorable cool. mentions on teachers now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was just trying to relate because that also reminded me of my teacher. She actually dressed as Trinity from the Matrix, and I think she was about like the counterculture in that in that age or like yeah. the uh, anti-establishment. And she was pretty smart, but she was yeah. she kind of had like a dead face, but she yeah. was cool. Shout That's out what. to Miss Binder. If Shout out ever. to um, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> a shitty this. person. I forgot her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool teacher, um, but honorable mentions. I mean, I that when I think of that, that comes up. Paramore, yeah, Haley you know, Williams. Haley Williams, isn't she from Tennessee? How I was gonna say to... something very inappropriate. What? Nothing. <laughs> what? Tennessee Shirley Williams. Tennessee Williams. <laughs> What's her name again? Um, Haley Williams. Haley Williams. Yeah. Hometown. I mean, when it comes to, like, female lead artists, like, she's just one of them that just, like, comes Meridane, to mind. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. What? Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi? Yeah. I was close. <laughs> Haley Williams from Mississippi, man. Fuck. Yeah. The emo got all the way out to Mississippi. Hey, sometimes they come in small places, you yeah, know? Yeah, fuck yeah. And in real life, she's pretty short. Now she's doing, like, her own, like, hair coloring like brand she's like i'm trying to do what gwen stefani fucking did yo i'm trying to brand you know you know how you see me with different hair colors well i made my own fucking brand <laughs> you should just do your own fucking brand yeah i mean it's smart it's the move yeah it is because it's you're known for that but it's also like i mean if you like beer make your own fucking beer yeah <laughs> speaking of the last one of the night Woo. That's cool. Um, yeah, I definitely like her. Fucking my sister uh really loved Paramore back in the days when she was like a little emo. And I think what was it? Very early on, I think like when she was in Paramore, there was like this two brothers and she dated one of them. But I forgot his name. Roxy, do you know about this? No. Fuck. <laughs> She's in the zone, yeah. <laughs> Once I saw her, I was just like, oh, no. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. never mind. Ne- you know, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if she wins. We're rooting for you. We We're see what's going really on. We really are rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Overtime, let's go. You guys got this. 
No, Ziggy's. Tell your friends we said hi. Yeah, tell them we said hi. Oh, shout out to, uh, what's their podcast name? Guac. Guac. Guac Podcast. Shout out to Guac Podcast with the homies. Guac? Like guacamole? Or Judds Guac? and Juan and Tanya and the rest of the gang. Talking about life stories. Life That's my stories. sip on this on there. Their podcast. It's pretty, it's, you know, it's one of those fun loving podcasts. It's just like what gamers talk about when they're not gaming, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. Um. Okay, so let me introduce this one. Yeah, go ahead and. This is one that. I got from a bottle shop in Joshua Tree. This is a ten percenter. It is a American Beer Festival silver and gold winner. It's brewed by Grim. G-R-I-M-M in Brooklyn, New York. The platonic form of a Russian imperial stout, double negative, has been awarded gold and silver medals at the Great American Beer Festival in two consecutive years. Okay, so this is the real shit. I looked, I was in there for like 10 minutes and saw this and I was like, yep, this is the one I'm choosing. Not too bad either. Only 12 bucks, I think. 12 bucks yeah this is a this oh. is a a big one and it has two grim reapers walking down some staircases pretty fucking awesome hmm, I wonder this what is that reminds you of this is very yeah you know <laughs> all right cheers to the craft i think i give you a lot oh damn i did no nope 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 Is that an award winner right there? <sighs> Holy crap, this is fresh. Wow. It's like fresh coffee, man. <laughs> it just hits your bloodstream. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. It hits your bloodstream really Fuck fast. Fuck Folgers, drink this shit in the morning. <laughs> I gave you a little bit too much. You Oh, what Ooh. happened? What's going on? You didn't lose. Sorry. You learned. We got we got distracted. I'm gonna take a sip base. What you have your own cup. A little too much for you. You were close. That was a good match. Oh my god. Okay, first of all. Before we talk about this beer, what's your finisher on Deftones? What did you think? I actually really like that beer. <laughs> sippable. Yeah, it's Easy. really sippable. Um, I um, want to say kind of just, it's a pale ale, man. Yeah. It's just easy, sippable, to the point. Okay, do you want to give ratings to the last three before we I think we should to... do that. Yeah. I think right now we should do, what is your favorite right now? Right now, for me, Four Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The kilt lifter right now is winning in my book. Okay. Um, after that, I think the Grim. I think the Grim would be after that because right now it's like, dude, look at this shit. You it's can't like, even see through this fucking. Guy. Yeah, it's freshness. It's really fresh. It's about being fresh right now, bro. I think these, these two are like the most freshest. Yeah. I would put third like, 
the Deftones. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, I, we don't want to say last, but I mean, the other one would have to be like the bottle tree. Um, uh, well, to be fair sorry. to, they they're have been, good. they have been sitting in, uh, on the shelf at a regular temperature. I know I'm terrible. And, uh, we threw them in the fridge. That's not what that looked like. It was just yeah. like, hey. no, what are you going to do? I, I don't think it made too That's much of a That's when I went to dip. Joshua Tree, so what are you going to do? I don't think it did too much of a difference, but um, I don't think so. But I would say, like, definitely I would do, for the bottle logic one, will have to be a four. And it's a four because it's a lager mm-hmm. with, like, a unique taste, and it's, like, coffee notes. It's almost like a stout. So it's, like, you know, it gives it that unique taste, and then, you know, I'm not going to deny its taste. And I did, did freaking like it. Uh, to kill live will have to be like a four point seventy five, and it's one of the most sippable beers I ever tasted in my whole fucking life. I literally it, like down that is, shit. <laughs> it's a beer that it has, you know, it has that multi flavor. It has that caramel flavor. It's inviting. It's not as abrupt as like, or I feel like acidic as a lager, even though it is. I don't, when it comes to lagers, I don't think I think it's about Scottish acidity. style. It's a Scottish style. Amber. I don't really think the, about acidity when it comes to lagers. I think the biggest thing about <laughs> this, the takeaway from the kilt lifter, is the water. Yeah, it's the just water like, that they use is all the fucking way. Yeah, you think that's why like people would like would easily down this shit. You know, <laughs> we actually have two award-winning beers that we drank tonight. You realize that? Is it the ones that we both of these? It? These two, the one yeah. and two, the one Those that we topped it. Yeah, we're getting better at this, people. Yeah. We're getting a lot. You got to start trusting us with this shit. All don't, right? yeah, don't tell me if it's award winning, but tell me afterwards. Yeah, so tell me afterwards because we knew we we knew before it. We we knew. I don't know how to put it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> without further ado, the air conditioning. The air conditioning. Do please. But uh, are we doing a sip on this? Yeah, let's go and sip on this. Sip on this. I mean, I wish we had effects here. Yeah, I know, but we got a different caster. There's a way to launch effects, isn't there? We're going to figure that out, guys. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be like the old days. I think you just have... Never mind. I'll tell you after. But, yeah, um... What's your sip on this? We'll figure it out. <laughs> My sip on this is fucking A. Um, I posted this up on the Facebook page on Golden Craft Cast on Facebook. It's one of our posts about the new Hogwarts Legacy game. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> they did um, a PlayStation State of Play and... I was waiting. They blew for that my shit. fucking mind away, bro. Yeah. There's so much detail on it. Let me tell you, there's, when I was there's a lot to do with it. Um but I think my main takeaway with that it did have flaws and I could see like some of the graphics weren't just, you know, exactly perfect. Um I, I don't know anything technical about graphics. I know there's a word for it. But I hope it just gets better. 
What what was wrong with the graphics? Because to me, that shit looked fucking clean. No, that shit looked like, like fucking. Some of the oh, lighting the hair weird or what? The lighting? So, no, well, it wasn't the lighting. It was um, fuck. It, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be better because of the aberration? because of the um uh, trace race uh the ray tracing. The ray tracing wasn't on par, and the the whole purpose of the ray tracing is like so. Whatever I saw in that flaw, of, like the gra- the gameplay, that doesn't exist, or that wouldn't like be present. Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I mean, I'll show you afterwards what I'm talking about. Right, we're, right. we're gonna watch it. But I mean, look. Aside from ray tracing, it did say there was a disclaimer at the bottom of the trailer that it's said still in progress. Still in progress. Yeah, which I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, thank God this is not being produced well, by I mean, Ubisoft. This sounds like it's gonna be a game that people that are developers and graphic designers are going to be able to live off of this game for generations. Yeah. It's gonna be like you, a GTA. You know what I got of off Hogwarts. of the you know what I got off of that video? The fact that they had people who actually grew up watching those movies and saying like, Oh, now I'm like the creative team behind like a Harry Potter property, a video okay. game. This is the coolest thing about it is I feel like this is going to be a cross, not multi-platform. Crossplay. Not crossplay. It might be. I think. I think, I think it, it might. might. But I also feel like because of like Sony, the way they do business, they they are holding the fuck out of that property. You know what I'm talking about? So they're putting a lot of money into this. And the people that are doing uh, this, like I saw yeah. the main woman that was talking about. Um, the development of this game, she was the lead um, creative developer, I think, for the game. Yeah. And she was basically creative explaining director, it like, yeah. look, I find myself just wandering the halls of Hogwarts just because I want to see what's going on. Yeah. This is just one of those games where there's so many different things. It's like I'm saying, like GTA, but Hogwarts style. And then, but everyone, the big question was, what's beyond the borders of Hogwarts? That's everyone's mind. So they, what they looked into was the books, the movies, everything. They literally, ba- yeah, basically, you got fans in this. You they know, got like all I said. of the lore and compiled it together and created something else out shit. of it. Yeah. And what they're saying is like, this is Harry Potter and Hogwarts minus J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Which is kind of badass. I kind of yeah. like that, but it's also like, it's like imagine your idea. It's kind of like Star Wars, right? Yes. Like your idea got so big that it's out of your control. Which is always Which the is case. Pretty fucking, it's something that get, that gets so popular and big. Pretty happens. fucking epic. Yeah. I want to make something like that. I think that's going to be my lifetime goal. It's going to be like a thing that's like it's so fucking cool that it's going to like. Everyone's I think like anyone that wants to learn everything. Yeah, anything that um, that's the ultimate storyteller. Yeah, no, basically anyone that's like wants to be a creator, that's basically the main goal. Either you expect it or not. Sometimes, like I don't know what the J.K. Rowling or like George Lucas had to deal with, like how it got so popular. But the main thing it's, is like it's the lore. It's man. it comes to the, pe- the like death. people are extremely attracted to it that it makes a whole. It's the community it. allure, yeah. like an entire like phenomenon, if you will. And I mean, dude, this is coming out on the PS5, bro. This is not the PS4. This is PS5 material. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking about graphics that are rendering per second. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? No more of that waiting for that lag and stuff like that. And I just got a PC. So 
I mean, to me, it's like I want to be compared and I want to contrast a lot of things. But to me, I feel like I'm trusting them with this with, with this kind of deal. Obviously, we have no choice but to. But to I, I feel like, you know, like with some companies, it's like, dude, like, I don't know how they're going to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, or something with some companies. But with these guys i feel like after that state of play like that kind of put my mind at ease as far as what direction they're going with it because they're staying true to the content of harry potter and like the lore of everything they're staying true to it dude i played i don't know who else out there has probably played uh the chamber of secrets (laughs) on the fucking gamecube i I don't think it was the Chamber of Secrets, but I do remember a Harry Potter game. I think it was the fourth one, and it literally had, like, two discs on it. Yeah, the Goblet of Fire. It's the Goblet of Fire, right? That, okay, no, no, but I played the Chamber of Secrets, bro. That was the one with the, with the serpent and stuff yeah. like that. Dude, there was, like, you could go into the library, but one of my favorite things to do in that game was to fly around. Quidditch, yeah. <laughs> Not Quidditch. It was just fly around with your um, just Nimbus 2000. Just fly. Or it was one 2001. Of my favorite thing. <laughs> so now, one of the things was I remember m- reaching the edge of the map. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I reached I, the edge of the yeah, map. Yeah. No, listen, like, I do remember, like, playing those games on the GameCube. And, of course, the GameCube, like, when it was, like, really loading, it was really loading. You could fucking hear, like, when I was like going outside of Hogwarts, going into the snow and shit, and going like a different part, it was just like it was just reading like all the information that I needed to to like make me to basically complete everything that I should be looking at right. and stuff. And it was just like fuck, like, and of course, like this this shit was like semi open world. It wasn't like completely like. It was semi open world, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, but they this one, yeah, with this one, like, it's just, it's, it's they just open not, the gates. yeah, it's not just like Hogwarts. You get to see the interiors and the exteriors of Hogwarts, but also like you get to go to like Hogmead, uh, which is yep. the town nearby, and then also like the outside, the outskirts of like Hogwarts. But yeah, I remember shit. it would load. You would have to load into Hogmead. Yeah, and now you could just go there. And it's just you like, know what I'm saying. And right now there. you can just go past there. Because like and like. <laughs> you could choose kind of. I feel like this is kind of gonna be like a Red Dead game where you can choose what you want to do and stuff like that. Yeah. But in the beginning, the house like it chooses for you. It chooses for you what. Yeah, what I you're I could see into. it. I, yeah, definitely the houses. I think like depending on the house, you get like a different mission. You know what's gonna happen? And this is terrible to say, but I feel like this is what's gonna happen with that is. People are going to replay with different accounts that same part over and over and over again. And they're going to get it down to like, if you want to be in Hufflepuff, answer these questions like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're going to get a Smurf account. Yeah, just right. Like a different Exa- account. <laughs> exactly. That's, different what I houses? Feel will, that's what I feel will happen. I, Mark my words. We said I, it here on Golden Craft. I yeah. just realized I confused um, houses with accounts. Yeah, well, it's the same shit. It's the same thing, yeah. It's like you're a part of something. Like you're a part of like a certain account. I have a, an account for every house. For every house and everything. But I'm pretty sure if 
I mean, this is isn't this like more like story driven or is this more like online? So it actually takes place before um Harry Potter. Yeah. The before the it's, it's in the eighteen hundreds. It's in the eighteen hundred look yeah. It's in the eighteen hundreds and I actually look up like the headmaster that was during that uh Hogwarts and they said he was like the most unpopular like uh, headmaster and then it was very problematic so it goes into that area where it's yeah. like oh it's pretty and, interesting and another thing that's a good point that I want to say about the game if you're interested in it is you actually start the school halfway through yeah you start school like in the mid semester so there's like already a change of seasons oh happening. yeah from uh, from what you've been described to it um, you're not like uh, you're not like a freshman you're not a first year you, you're going into it like five years in so it's just like gives you a depth of like you've been here before. I loved the part of the state of play where they actually went through and they showed the different seasons and the different environments walking right. on the same path. So like you, it's literally like a character and it's walking down the same road. Yeah. But then you see like it switches between all the different seasons yeah, and like the road right. changes it's, and stuff. It's really unique. Um, I mean, I, I think mean, the only that, that's what we need. Yeah. Man. The only game I could think of that comes close to that is uh, Ghost of Tsushima, where the trees were actually right. like you know, depending and on Red the place. Dead. And Red Dead, obviously. Um, but this is what we're. This is what gamers want now. They want the intricacy. If you have a company that has a bunch of fucking people at hand, willing to make changes in seasons, you best believe we're expecting updates all the fucking time. I yeah. mean, that's how it goes. And I know they're expecting updates, and I know they're going to come into crashes, and you know there's going to be people talking shit on everything, and the <laughs> game might crash in the first week. Yeah, you know you're what gonna I'm have saying? to have patches. Or, I mean, our games are getting bigger. Um, but more fucking, of the cl- more of ser- servers are doing more of the work now. Yeah, I'll say that much. Servers are doing more of the work now than our consoles, but I mean that's what they're that's what they're kind of banking on. Um, I mean, it, we'll, it we'll depends, see where it goes. Yeah, it depends if it's online or not. But, but sip on that, that, ladies and gentlemen. Just By the way, if you've never heard that. our podcast before, sip on this is what we talk about. Man, you're being new. nice right now. I'm just saying, like, for people that <laughs> haven't heard this, it's anything new in music, movies, TV, <laughs> gaming, technology, etc. He's a cocksucker. <laughs> he had to do it. He gotta had to do fucking it. do it. I got I'm just trying to be informative, bro. Don't interrupt me. I'm going into my thing. So, uh, my sip on it. Actually, I had like a couple sip on. I said one of them. Um, I know what your thing is. What He's is a cocksucker. <laughs> He's a cocksucker. We just had to do it again. <laughs> He's a cocksucker. That's why I do it all the time. <laughs> um, I had a bunch of sip on this. But I guess one of them that's like uh, coming to it. Um, so recently, a famous film critic uh, YouTuber, Chris Stuckman, actually had a, a Kickstarter, and he wants to kickstart like a film. And he actually broke the record of having to be like the most funded Kickstarter projects of all times. So he went up to like. I think at this point, it's like close to like two million. Oh shit! Yeah, so he actually broke those records, and of course, like he's been like on YouTube and stuff, and of course that definitely helped him. But he definitely had a lot to say, like in his videos, because he hasn't been too much critic, uh, being a critic to 
not that many films because he's just been busy like doing projects and stuff and honestly what he had to say was true because like um yeah obviously he did use like his stardom on youtube to actually like you know support his project because everyone's gonna back him up because they respect like what he has to say and of course like he wants to make his own film that's inspiring and then you go for it and he and he basically had like to say like oh like things are different like you know i'm a youtuber and obviously i did this for a reason and i'm just very grateful for where i'm at right now and honestly i have a platform to be expressive about like my passion and honestly, if YouTube was like in the 70s or the 60s, all those guys that were going to film school, like Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, um, uh, Brian De Palma, they'll be doing the same thing. And it was just like a platform where, like, you know, they, yeah, using a platform is like, you know, they're taking advantage of what you got. And then if you know what their passion is and you know what they're about, you already know what they're about. You don't have to like introduce yourself as like a stranger to like a Kickstarter because in Kickstarters you have to like present like, oh, what's the project about? And we're about this guys and this guys. But when he showed up like in Kickstarter, everyone knew his deal. Even if you didn't, like he still had a has a great idea, and people like see like YouTubers. I mean, we don't take them seriously, but obviously like the guys that are criticizing are passing about. Yeah, about I take them seriously about films. One like, of my best obviously they is a do. They, okay. Yeah, they do. They do like have like, good ideas. Don't just see them as like influencers or just like the YouTuber. I feel what it is now is look. Hollywood was production companies, Paramount Pictures, Universal Studios, St- studio teams. Yeah, it's just been basically what big else studios. Uh, MGM. You feel me? Yeah. You get what I'm Whatever. going with this. Now, it's about, you know, it's about getting into different digital markets. Yeah. And that's what these guys are doing. And that, to me, is new Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Well, it's like, look, I, I would say this. Rules, yeah. You have your SAG awards, but look at a lot of, you've seen a lot of people cross over from the YouTube world into celebrity movies and stuff like that yeah Yeah, there's been there's been people that are going into there and i mean like look they're going into that realm and um i just feel like that's going that's going to expand that's definitely going to expand it's i would also have to say like it is thanks to like because obviously this is going to be an independent movie and I would say, like, this is just, like, the next generation of, like, the independent uh, films. Because, like, in the ninth, in, like, independent films, like, have been, uh, they've been getting a lot of attention during, like, the 80s and the 90s. And this is just a step up to, like, what they had. Because we didn't have, like, digital media. We didn't have anything, like, to see this certain person and this certain platform because he's already established he's already using like social media he's already using like his uh social media reach yeah. to reach out like you know yeah like this is uh pledge to my project which all of you guys knew i was working with and using that using your voice already as big as it is really helps and then really like brought the limelight into like um you know these guys are they're not just just the critics or they're not just like like 
not what they uh not what they are right now but this is who they want to be and it just reaches into different level of like independent film uh into that independent film realm really. yeah because it's a step up really I just, feel, so. I just feel like eventually i mean it's already crossing over it's kind of inevitable but it's not on the companies it's not on the production companies yeah. it's on the talent what are you mm-hmm. going to come up with what do you got question mark question mark and we'll leave it at that ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it depends honestly i pledge like 25 dollars and i'm only hoping that it's good yeah you know it'll be good it'll be, it'll good. be good if you pledge for it it'll be good bro thank you well ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's been a great fucking evening we went through and shared four different beers from four different brewing companies. Mm. Our favorite tonight was Kilt Lifter, the Irish style amber ale from Four Peaks. The second was Grim by. <laughs> it's literally Grim <laughs> by Grim. It's called Double Negative, actually, but it's by Grim. Mm. Double Negative Imperial Stout was our second. Shit. Third was the pale ale, the Deftones. Deftones. Real on it. The Deftone Ohms. And then after that. Yeah. I'm going to a Deftone concert. It's the Copper Tone. Yeah. The Logarithm American Dark Lager. Yeah. It's been a great fucking night, man. Mm -hmm. Thanks for hanging with us. Mm -hmm. You know where to find us at. IG at Golden Craft Cast. And uh, shout out to the homie Dennis. I hung out with him earlier. New project coming up from him soon. Yeah. I know Kick Snare Hi Hat. He's the one that made this beat. Let's listen to it. He's going to make us an extended version to ask. Yay. Yeah. What the hell's going on? I don't know. It's restarted. But uh, what do you got? Good luck and good night. Yeah. And I love you all. Harry Potter forever. Um, I really like this episode. I'm glad we did it. And you're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Hey, man. What? <laughs> We're coming back into it. It's episode 82. I mean, he, we're you're creeping up on that 90, it. baby. We're creeping up on that 90, and I'm hoping by the 100th episode, we'll be able to do some cool. We're stuff. going into 90s, and obviously we're going to. And we to our we 100s. also did our first wine episode, by the way, with the Godfather one. Thank you. Which is awesome. So we're we're I'm broadening our that. horizons with wine. We're on everything, really. I mean, yeah. we already had cocktails and we had wine. Who knows? We might do something. For and it's weird because you haven't you haven't been in both those episodes. Four twenty so might know. be a I'd thing. That. No, it's have, definitely a thing. If we have four hundred and twenty followers by four twenty, it's gonna be a thing. More it to is. come. More to come. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, it's been a good episode. Um, Front women in rock. That show's cool. I mean, we're going to do more with more people on it, obviously. So, we got a lot to say. Don't speak. what you're And good night to everyone all. Don't Sorry. All right. Good night and good luck. Good night.